Hello and welcome to Associated, the podcast making venture capital more accessible. I'm Lois and I'm hosting with Petra today. How's it going? Good, good. You know, it's a, it's a Monday. It's as good as a Monday can be, Lois. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so this week, we're really excited to be joined by Abby Mohammed. She's co-founder at CGV, program manager at Tech Nation and a scout for Back to VC. Um, so Abby, on Twitter today, I called you the busiest lady in the business because you just have so many hats to wear. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Abby Mohammed, and um, my first hat, I'm the co-founder of CGV. It's Community Growth Ventures, and we invest in underrepresented founders at a pre-seed stage. Um, we usually invest capital and also resources. Also, I recently joined Tech Nation, where I am a program manager. And then on the side as well, I am make out for Back VC. So, yeah, all the hats. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about what um, being a scout for Back to VC means? Because I don't think we've had anyone talk about scout programs yet. Um, I joined um, a year ago, so it's been a year uh, working with them. And it's quite interesting because the idea has developed over the year, what it means and what we do. Um, generally, it's a community of like, like-minded people and we come from different backgrounds. So some people that want to get into VC, some people are already doing small investments, so they're angels. And we have journalists, we have academics, we have all walks of life and we all come together because we have a real... Uh, love for impact and like helping people and we are connected to different communities and we're able to like come forth and join a VC that believes the same kind of like impact and yeah provide deal flow but in again in return we get to learn about the VC world um, connect with people learn from people it's all like give and take to be honest with you it's equal okay I've actually I have very little knowledge of being a scout so I'm curious about the application process and then do you do you get any compensation for like for pushing a um, deal forward that you know ends up getting investment and Mm -hmm. maybe over multiple rounds um it varies on the company itself um generally how it works we provide deal flow and then we get conversation and then depending on the investment itself we we negotiate our terms um it's it's changed so we also scout for talent so with back vc they've already invested in a couple of companies so we even scout talent so if we feel like we can connect expertise good developers good op people good like finance people that's a recommendation that we do as well um for me because it was a new thing I didn't really apply mm. so one of my mutual friends mm. that said um Abby you know the tech industry we would love for you to just come over mm. and have a conversation with us and talk about what we're missing and help us actually invest in real amazing people that are doing real amazing things um recently it has changed so there is an application where you can apply online then you go through different processes and then what we try to do because it's now a community I believe it's more than 20 of us now oh wow yeah so we need to make sure like you fit in the community um is you're there for the right reasons um again any reason could be but then it's just the fact that like we want to make sure you gel because these people like our family and friends we see each other all the time 
but yeah it's like a little community it's lovely cool. that sounds nice yeah, that is super interesting. And you mentioned your um, tech background as well as part of the reason that you were approached to, to join BACT's um, Scout program. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? So I used to be a software engineer. And what that means is I used to build uh, software end to end. So I always wanted to get into tech. So I Googled how to become a software engineer and I decided to do a master's to try to like get into the job market because I had a background of economics. Parents wanted me to be a politician. That didn't really work out. And then I finished my master's, did a boot camp because I had to, because it was no, no one was hiring still. It was like a still a mishmash of my uh, actual qualification and I didn't have industry experience. And then... Um, and that's when you were going for end-to-end software roles yeah yeah so it's it's really weird so software engineering yeah they really broad online and didn't really explain it um so I felt um got my first role as a software engineer and I worked for the council building end-to-end and that was across the UK so I did a little bit of work in Cambridge Northamptonshire did my last role in Ministry of Justice where I did more testing and then from that experience, I fell into um, the startup world. So I discovered the startup world and yeah, got here. And you said you wrote a blog post about why you wanted to get into tech. Can people still find that online? Yeah, it's online on my Medium post. So I do a lot of um, journaling and blogging for people that want to get into technical roles. I explain about shortcuts. If I could go back in time, how would I do it? Um, communities join, especially if you're a woman of color, um, even a woman or in any background, to be honest with you, I have a list of like communities you can join and can find jobs being a software engineer and even non-technical jobs as well. Oh, amazing. And that's all on your Medium page? Yeah. Great. We're going to link to that in the, in the description as well. Perfect. I am actually very curious about Tech Nation. What is the aim of this organization? Because it's government funded or supported. It's government supported, yeah. Okay. So can you maybe describe what it is, what the aim is, and what you do there? So Tech Nation is a network for um, ambitious entrepreneurs trying to scale up. I'm a program manager, so I work on the upside. So we have four different uh, key activities that we do at Tech Nation. So we have our growth programs, our visa schemes, our digital uh, product, and we have our reports. So I sit on the growth program. So you have programs for like Future 50. These are the companies that are reaching IPOs. You got the programs that upscale, uh, that are like the mid kind of range of scale. And then you have sector focused programs as well. So you have like cyber, AI, applied, um, fintech. And I run uh, the cyber program. So what that means is um, companies at a stage of like seed and series A join the program and they get access to expertise, they get access to VCs, um, they get access to mentorship as well through the six months, non-residential. And then the aim of it is um, to help highlight the best UK entrepreneurs and then scale them up generally. I hope I explained that right. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. And so how big is the um, Tech Nation organization as a whole? Maybe you can also talk to your your specific sector. So the organization itself is quite small. So we are, I think, about 
over 100 now ish mm-hmm. or below 100 so it's quite small but the program itself and we generally accept like 20 companies mm-hmm. at a time mm-hmm. per cohort mm-hmm. okay got it you're in call out right now is that correct yeah so what exactly does that mean for people who don't know what a call out is like myself who had <laughs> no idea what that meant before we, we started chatting so it's interesting the so call out is the period before um a program starts so period where applications are open, so we call out founders to apply for um, programs. Got it. And they have to be British founders. So the company yeah. needs to be registered here. Yeah. Um, you can have offices across um, globally, uh, but the main headquarter has to be the UK. Um, generally, what we look for is um, employer size about 10. Um, generally, you're at a seed and series A stage as well. And until when can founders submit an application? So we started the call-out period mm. on the 14th of January and is open till the 14th of February. Okay, got it. Makes sense. Great. So if you are a cyber company or do you know any cool cyber companies, please ask them to apply for Tech Nations program so they can um, register now and, yeah, be part of a program. Okay, awesome. And specific to your to your program yeah, or so okay. my program yeah, so there's yeah. different call outs yeah. throughout the year so you have my call out that's happening now i believe future fifth just closed recently um and we have other programs such as fintech um ai and upscale and just before we started recording we well not we you and petra started having <laughs> a really interesting conversation about um your roles in so, platform and ops and how you you're really interested in getting to know lots of different companies and that's what attracted you to tech nation mm-hmm. so i was just wondering you know what do you think it is about um that breadth that attracts you to to the role that's an interesting question um it's interesting because I've always been focused on people. I went with Technation because they work across a different sector, across different entrepreneurs. So you're not specifically focused on one entrepreneur. You help a scale of entrepreneurs scale up at the same time. And you get to be part of their whole journey from beginning to end, which is quite interesting. And then I get in the back set, a sense of like the ops. So I get to organize how the workshop's going to look like. I get to organize how events going to look like, how we're going to do our um, call-out period where we ask the entrepreneurs to like apply for the program, um, get involved in, you know, right to the end, to the final dinner where we pass the um, cohort to the alumni. So yeah, just uh, being part of the, the startup founders journey really... Not a lot of organization does that, especially because it's government funded. We don't take equity. We're thinking about people focus itself. So going back to um, the people element that you mentioned, you combined your love of helping people and working with them and your engineering background in teaching women and girls specifically on how to code. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So for me, I've been really passionate about like helping women how to code, generally because it comes back from like my experience and how I got into technology. So I decided to join um, Code First Girls as their um, instructor. And what I did is teach women how to do HTML, CSS, J- JavaScript through like an eight week program. So they can go from like pivoting a career. And it's been amazing. So I've 
stopped doing that. I have I took a break, but I've been doing it for two years. It's very ad hoc, so it's not constant. It's like in the evening, once a week. And honestly, it's the most rewarding thing ever. Like I had women come in um doing pharmacy or something like that and literally wanting to give give up in life and just wanting to just get into tech these people would quit their jobs and doing like retail jobs just to have some funds while they learn how to code and then pivoting and through code first girls we teach them the basics but then also give them additional materials for them to understand exactly how to code from a um, object oriented programming so basically what that means is they can pick up any language just to learn how to translate the language and yeah go for a career that's really cool thank you um why do you think traditionally and this is a very male dominated sector um, why do you think that is do you you think women are less interested or maybe Mm. like afraid to code traditionally or like afraid to do something wrong and I, I'm, I'm asked this leading question because I read once this was somewhere in eons ago that yeah. um, two, engin- two engineers were given a, a coding test one was a woman one was a man mm. and the man came back with um, with the code which was incorrect but then the woman came back with a blank sheet and um, when the teacher or the instructor looked back onto what she had done she had actually done the code but then deleted everything. Yeah. Um, and the, when she was asked why she did that, she said, well, I, I was scared that I would get it wrong. Yeah. And so that story has always sat in my mind. So I'm wondering if you have a view on the dynamic between male and, and, and female engineers, coders. So a little stat is um, before puberty, a man and a woman generally would like any anything. But then during puberty, somehow, and I think it's the school system itself, a lot more women shift away from STEM subjects. Um, again, it's all about like visually seeing where they can go. As I don't know, I again I can't speak for every woman out there, but then generally how we look in life is like what do I want to be? And then you look to TV, socials, and see if you can't see yourself in that role, then you feel like I can't make it. So I can see why there's like a lack of women in tech as well. Um, also, talking about my experience, um, there's different dynamics there as well. Like, so for example, like my parents are immigrants. So I'm first generation European, grew up in Britain. Um, so I've always been taught the traditional routes because my parents always said, do the safe job. So my mom could not see someone technical as a woman. So she fed that information for me. Mm -hmm. So it's quite interesting because you get that source of information from your elder, you have to trust it. Because as a child, you generally don't learn about critical thinking until you do a master's level. Mm. I believe like the ed- education system itself is so broken. We are taught to believe everything that we hear like and not question it until we get to a point where we're asked to do um, an essay or anything like that. And then we're asked about our thought and that's when we are allowed to, you know, break the mold or you know do whatever you want but by then 
most women are so conformed into the tradition where no I can't say what I want because I've been taught yeah if I read sentence and copy the sentence I will get my A Mm -hmm. so getting that out of that the behavior is very very difficult and it takes time I don't think this problem of like increasing more women into tech is going to change overnight it would take probably a generation or two because right now we have the influx of women coming from entry level but similar to me you get into the entry level and then you think okay what's my next career let me become a senior developer and you don't have that mm-hmm. more women yeah come into the industry don't have that support and mentorship from the above and generally get pushed out of tech mm-hmm. so yeah yeah, there's definitely something in the um, not being able to visualise yourself as something mm. you can't see. There's an organisation called I Can Be, um, which operates mostly in London at the moment, but in some other cities. I've volunteered with them before and they, they bring seven and eight-year-old girls into women's place of work and, and they can yeah, spend amazing. an hour with them. Um, and the premise behind that is that if you help them to see what kind of opportunities are out there, mm. then it makes them more likely to understand that that's an option for them as well so if you're interested you can go to icanbe.org.uk and they've got some information and some stats about that there as well that is so cool but yeah it's interesting because like even when I wanted to get into tech I remembered um listening to um this lecturer when I went to my uh, brother's open day before I did my master's and this woman was speaking in um the open day about being in tech and I got so inspired because of that one conversation that made me go into tech Mm -hmm. but it's difficult because if you ask me now who your role models in tech I could not name you one so physically I can't see the blueprint of like how the hell do I navigate through this path because there there isn't one Mm -hmm. but yeah is it a Leslie Nope quote where she says something like, I'm big enough to admit that I'm my own role model? <laughs> <laughs> I think that should apply to you, Abby. <laughs> I know. I am my own role model. I always tell people, like, it's fine. Like, literally just take one step at a time and then we'll figure out somehow. Mm. And surround yourself with good people as yeah. well. And speaking of those... I think we should move on to CGV because that's mm. you taking a step into into something even more different and interesting. Cool. Um, with CGV, so Community Growth Ventures um, came out while I was in tech. So while I was doing software engineering, I didn't have the support network. I didn't have a community because, again, I was in Cambridge. I was in Northamptonshire. I didn't really see people that looked like me and came from the same background. So I came to um, London often every weekend to go to like meetups and stuff and I bumped into my co-founders Emmanuel and Denzel at UK Tech Black and they came out with this proposal about like oh we are setting up this thing uh we want to help entrepreneurs from under a percent of founders um get funding and I was like okay cool um and then they said, oh, you're com- you, you come from a tech background we would love your expertise um to come in and then Try to figure out whether the uh, product or service is scalable. Um, do you think the uh, founder themselves have the grit? Um, the so experience? you'll bring in the technical expertise. Exactly, yeah. So I joined them on the promise of like, let me see how it goes. <laughs> I don't really fully commit because I've done that before, by the way. <laughs> so my first kind of startup was an IT consultancy mm-hmm. with my, co- uh, my friend. And that completely failed because it was no good team dynamics mm. I felt like I was doing all the work and stuff and I quit I was like I'm never gonna do do this again so with these two random people at the time 
who I love now after two years <laughs> um I said to them um let me see how it goes six months uh we saw like advising founders and it was so inspiring I remember like advising this female uh with her beauty idea mm-hmm. and then I was able to come in give her tech ex- expert but also f- look at it from a woman perspective because both of them were male mm-hmm. even though they're from underrepresented uh, backgrounds so they're both black they didn't see the struggles she went through because I can understand if being black a woman is completely different for me a black and a male so yeah um in terms of funding do you want to tell us a little bit about like the check sizes and what type of companies you advise um and where these companies can also find you Mm. um because I think that's a great opportunity um and you know we'd love to be able to support founders where we can Defo. So um, Community Growth Ventures, we are four partners that invest in underrepresented founders. Um, we started this mission two years ago, um, wanting to help people that look like me, that came from a different background, ethnic minority, to get into the pipeline of growing a sustainable business, or even more, going into a unicorn or even thinking about like IPO and then exiting in the future. Um, we felt like there's a lack of people um, placing bets on people like me. Uh, I keep saying people like me because I'm the persona where I don't fit into the, you know, pattern of like typical entrepreneurs. When I say that, especially I talk about like, you know, white male um, dropped out of Stanford, Oxford. I don't fit their bill. So when people like myself go into like a VC firm they wouldn't get placed a bet on so the reason for CGV is to fix that whole buy some um create a new pattern a new blueprint of like finding amazing founders that's going to change the world so if you want help from CGV you can go on our website so it's cgventures.co um you can fill in a founder's form and you can tell us about your idea and uh, generally we look at ideas as an MVP stage so you have to have some scalability some like uh, market fit 25% of your uh, founding members has to be from an unrepresented crown meaning women people of color LGBT etc um and yeah, we can start a conversation there. And then in terms of funding that you can help provide, yeah. um, what's the range um, of ticket sizes? So we generally do ticket sizes start from like 10K upwards. Generally, we come in and then we also um, co-invest. So we bring in the investor within our round. Um, so, so far we invested in Afrocentric uh, at 26K, including a co-investor. Um, but yeah, it depends. Again, we are very flexible in the sense of what size we're offering. We also open our syndicate hopefully in quarter four this year. Um, so we are looking for good pipeline and deal flow. And do you think that the gap is particularly for really early stage funded in that? Because the, mm. there are definitely lots of VC funds now that are popping up with the mission of investing in underrepresented or um, underestimated founders. So, but you started CGV 
kind of two years ago or so, right? Yeah. So, yes, there are f- funds now, early stage funds, especially going for this part market, which I think is amazing. Um, it opened a lot of opportunity for people to able to get into that kind of stream. But at the end of the day, um, not everyone wants to be VC-backed. So the alternative funding uh, route would be still an angel. So you're able to come to us. We're not... Uh, tied down to like you know other LPs uh, we're not uh, ditching you to a time constraint so it's more of a personal journey between like two people and on top of that we're able to like help you even more so with DGV with four partners we come from different backgrounds so I come from tech um, other partners come from marketing the one comes from operational and then the last one comes from uh, legal so you get the whole cluster of information to help you excel and grow your business so given the work that you do in the angel environment and building up this angel syndicate with three other people is that correct three people three partners three partners what do you feel are the benefits to founders with working with angels shall i explain what an angel is maybe for the listeners yeah for sure so one angel is um, is a high net individual that able to provide funds for a startup, but then also comes in with expertise. Um, compared to that to the VCs that are committed to their funds, so they generally um, invest in a high growth scale up companies. Angels, um, because they work as individuals, have the ability to move really quickly, don't they, with things like term sheets and getting the cash in the bank. Yeah, exactly. So compared to like venture capital, it takes longer periods for doing a due diligence compared to if it was one-to-one, I'm able to build a relationship with you quicker and trust you quicker and then like feel like I want to invest. So that term sheet can be flipped over like less than a month. Um, yeah, generally connect with me if you are interested in like men or if you even if you want advice, because like the biggest thing that I do for people and have time for people is to talk about whether you should accept external money and what ties that attached attached to it. Not every um, company should be VC backed because um, at the end of the day, VCs only care about their returns. So they're looking at companies that are high growth and aiming for exit and IPO and literally is growth and growth and growth um generally as a founder if you're not with the game and you accepted a check they can remove you at any point as well and get another CEO through the process um some people generally just want to build a nice sustainable business and I always have time for people to sit down and talk about like what do you want to do where do you see this going and generally give you advice but yeah what do you think are the benefits of approaching or building relationships with angel investors versus maybe a friends and family round it depends so friends and family can really fall into angel investment as well with angel investment we have a certain criteria we are regulated uh we have term sheet well so we do exchange with equity friends and family you can do the same thing but then also maybe you know I can borrow you 10k and we can have like a normal conversation about it um 
No term sheets, no just term a handshake sheet. or a hug. There are, there are situations like that. I've both uh, found that like some of, of them is because of their auntie. They're like, oh yeah, here's 10K and enjoy it. With angels, it's more formal, it's more rigid, but in a sense of it's more flexible because we're not tied in for an X amount as well. Like, yeah, we are tied into an X amount. So we expect a return of like seven to 10 years, a mm. uh, return of like four X and above. Um, but it's generally more comfortable. It's the, like no middleman. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to become an angel, um, you can A, join our syndicate. And if people wanted to find out more about the um, syndicate rides that you're going to do in Q4, how can they how can they keep up to date? So if you follow me um, on Twitter, so Abby, A-B-I-I underscore Mohammed, um, I tweet a lot about our syndicate and what we're doing. If not, we have our Twitter uh, page as well, CGV Ventures. And also if you follow the other founding members, Denzel and Emmanuel, you can easily find them online as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are open and we are looking at more people to join our round and what would people need what would need people need to be able to put in to join your syndicate you need at least 10k um and then we will sit down and negotiate and then generally what we're going to be doing is um invest across so not you your money wouldn't go straight to one founder it would go across portfolios for less risk um, otherwise there are upcoming um, places where you can learn about angel investment so I know Andy I am started a angel school so you can join his program I think it's about 300 pounds and you get to learn about everything of how to be an angel there's also an upcoming um, angel community called Alma Angels um, super interesting um, I can pass you the details about that and then that's for people that already are in, uh, angels or interested in angels and want to understand or meet other angels and like exchange like ideas and knowledge and so on okay cool thank you we'll definitely put all of all of those things into our um, little resource page on Notion and you just mentioned at the end of that, you said something about joining communities of angels and it's really important for them to get together and talk. Mm. Um, and I just wanted to pick up on it because I think you're one of the most well-networked people I know. <laughs> <laughs> At conferences, you know everyone. You're an amazing networker. Thank you. I honestly, like, I, um, I don't see people as networking. It's like I generally connect with people that I find really interesting. Um, and I always remember people. So when me and you <laughs> bumped into, into each other at Slush, uh, that's the last time I saw you. Yep. <laughs> um, Slush is a uh, tech conference held in Helsinki and generally what I do is like any person I talk to I generally remember your superpower so what you're good at and then as soon as I hear you mentioning something or need I'm able to just like connect you to the right person yeah you are I witnessed that in action you were like a little a little bumblebee (laughs) (laughs) running between people connecting people I love that you remember people's superpowers. I really like that. I'm going to, I might start, I might steal that and start yeah. using it. Like remember the best thing about them. Yeah. I mean, that's a really nice way to view people. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Abby. This has been super interesting. I've enjoyed learning a bit more about all the hats that you wear. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me, honestly. No, thank you. And thank you for listening to Associated. Please do subscribe. And for updates on our next episodes, you can find us on Twitter at associated underscore pod. That's P-O-D. 
our email address is associatepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we love every email that comes in. We're always excited to hear from you. Um, so feel free to reach out there. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.